0: Chapter 7 of Toby Tyler. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gary Day. Toby Tyler by J. Otis. Chapter 7 An Accident and Its Consequences. Toby's experience in the evening was very similar to that of the afternoon save that he was so fortunate as not to take any more bad money in payment for his goods mr jacobs scolded and swore alternately and the boy really surprised him by his way of selling goods though he was very careful not to say anything about it but made toby believe that he was doing only about half as much work as he ought to do toby's private hoard of money was increased that evening by presents ninety cents and he began to look upon himself as almost a rich man when the performance was nearly over mr jacobs called to him to help him packing up and by the time the last spectator had left the tent the worldly possessions of messrs lord and jacobs were ready for removal and toby allowed to do as he had a mind to so long as he was careful to be on hand when old ben was ready to start toby thought that he would have time to pay a visit to his friends, the skeleton and the fat woman, and to that end started towards the place where their tent had been standing. But to his sorrow he found that it was already being taken down, and he only had time to thank Mrs. Treat, and to press the fleshless hand of her shadowy husband as they entered their wagon to drive away. He was disappointed, for he had hoped to be able to speak with his new-made friends a few moments, "'before the weary night's ride commenced. "'But failing in that, he went hastily back to the monkey's cage. "'Old Ben was there, getting things ready for a start, "'but the wooden sides of the cage had not yet been put up, "'and Toby had no difficulty in calling the aged monkey up to the bars. "'He held one of the fat woman's doughnuts in his hand "'and said as he passed it through to the animal, "'I thought perhaps you might be hungry, Mr. Stubbs.' And this is some of what the skeleton's wife give me i ain't got very much time to talk with you now but the first chance i can get away tomorrow and when there ain't anybody round i want to tell you something the monkey had taken the doughnut in his hand-like paws and was tearing it to pieces eating small portions of it very rapidly don't hurry yourself said toby warningly for uncle daniel always told me the worst thing a fella could do was to eat fast if you want any more "'After we start, just put your hand through the little hole up there near the seat, "'and I'll give you all you want.' "'From the look on his face, Toby confidently believed the monkey was about to make some reply. "'But just then Ben shut up the sides, separating Toby and Mr. Stubbs, "'and the order was given to start. "'Toby clambered up onto the high seat. "'Ben followed him, and in another instant the team was moving along slowly down the dusty road.' preceded and followed by the many wagons with their tiny swinging lights. Well, said Ben, when he had got their team well under way and felt that he could indulge in a little conversation, how did you get along today? Toby related all of his movements and gave the driver a faithful account of all that had happened to him, concluding his story by saying, that was one of Mrs Treat's doughnuts that I gave to Mr Stubbs to whom asked ben in surprise to mr stubbs the old fellow here in the cart you know that's been so good to me toby heard a sort of gurgling sound saw the driver's body sway back and forth in a trembling way and was just becoming thoroughly alarmed when he thought of the previous night and understood that ben was only laughing in his own peculiar way how did you know his name was stubbs asked ben after he had recovered his breath Oh, I don't know that's his real name, was the quick reply. I only call him that because he looks so much like a fellow with that name that I knew at home. He doesn't seem to mind because I call him Stubbs. Ben looked at Toby earnestly for a moment, acting all the time as if he wanted to laugh again, but didn't dare to, for fear he might burst a blood vessel. And then he said, as he patted him on the shoulder, Well, you are the queerest little fish that I ever saw in all my travels. You seem to think that monkey knows all you say to him. I'm sure he does, said Toby positively. He doesn't say anything right out to me, but he knows everything I tell him. Do you suppose he could talk if he tried to? Look here, Mr. Toby Tyler. And Ben turned half around in his seat and looked Toby full in the face, so as to give more emphasis to his words. Are you heathen enough to think that that monkey could talk if he wanted to? "'I know I ain't a heathen,' said Toby thoughtfully, "'for if I had been, some of the missionaries would have found me out a good while ago. "'But I never saw anybody like this old Mr. Stubbs before, "'and I thought he could talk if he wanted to, "'just as the living skeleton does, or his wife. "'Anyhow, Mr. Stubbs winks at me, "'and how he could do that if he didn't know what i have been saying to him. "'Look here, my son,' Said Ben in a most fatherly fashion, "Monkeys ain't anything but beasts, and they don't know how to talk any more than they know what you say to them." Didn't you ever hear 'em speak a word? Never. I've been in a circus, man and boy, nigh on to forty years, and I never seen nothing in a monkey more than any other beast, except their awful mischiefness. Well said, Toby still unconvinced, I believe Mr. Stubbs knows what I say to him anyway. Now don't be foolish, Toby, pleaded Ben. You can't show me one thing that a monkey ever did because you told him to. Just at that moment, Toby felt someone pulling at the back of his coat, and looking round he saw it was a little brown hand reaching through the bars of the air hole of the cage. It was tugging away at his coat. There, he said triumphantly to Ben. Look there. I told Mr. Stubbs if he wanted anything more to eat to tell me and I would give it to him. Now you can see for yourself that he's come for it.' And Toby took a doughnut from his pocket and put it into the tiny hand, which was immediately withdrawn. "'Now what do you think of that?' Mr. Stubbs knowing what I say to him. "'They often stick up their paws through there,' said Ben in a matter-of-fact tone. "'I've had em pull my coat in the night, till they made me as nervous as ever any old woman was. You see, Toby, my boy, monkeys is monkeys, and you mustn't go getting the idea that they're anything else, for it's a mistake. You think this old monkey in here knows what you say. Why, that's just the cuteness of the old fella. He watches you to see if he can't do just as you do. And that's all there is about it. Toby was more than half convinced that Ben was putting the matter in its proper light and he would have believed all that had been said if, just at that moment, he had not seen that brown hand reaching through the hole to clutch him again by the coat. The action seemed so natural, so like a hungry boy who gropes in the dark pantry for something to eat, that it would have taken more arguments than Ben had at his disposal to persuade Toby that his Mr. Stubbs could not understand all that was said to him. Toby put another doughnut in the outstretched hand, and then sat silently, as if in a brown study over some difficult problem. For some time the ride was continued in silence. Ben was going through all of the motions of whistling without uttering a sound, a favourite amusement of his, and Toby's thoughts were far away in the humble home he had scorned with Uncle Daniel whose virtues had increased in his esteem with every mile of distance which had been put between them, and whose faults had decreased in a corresponding ratio. Toby's thoughtfulness made him sleepy, and his eyes were almost closed in slumber. When he was startled by a crashing sound, was conscious of a feeling of being hurled from his seat by some great force. And then he lay senseless by the side of the road, while the wagon became a perfect wreck, from out of which a small army of monkeys was escaping. Ben's experienced ear had told him at the first crash that his wagon was breaking down, and without having time to warn Toby of his peril, he had leaped clear of the wreck, keeping his horses under perfect control, and thus averting more trouble. It was the breaking of one of the axles which Toby had heard just before he was thrown from his seat and when the body of the wagon came down upon the hard road the monkeys thus suddenly released from confinement had scampered off in every direction and by a singular chance toby's aged friend started for the woods in such a direction as to bring him directly before the boys insensible form the monkey on coming up to toby stopped urged by the well-known curiosity of its race, and began to examine the boy's person carefully, prying into pockets and trying to open the boy's half-closed eyelids. Fortunately for Toby, he had fallen upon a mud bank and was only stunned for the moment, having received no serious bruises. The attentions bestowed upon him by the monkey served the purpose of bringing him to his senses, and after he had looked around, In the grey light of the coming morning, it would have taken far more of a philosopher than old Ben was to persuade the boy that monkeys did not possess reasoning faculties. The monkey was busy at Toby's ears, nose and mouth, as monkeys will do when they get the opportunity, and the expression of its face was as grave as possible. Toby firmly believed that the monkey's face showed sorrow at his fall, and he imagined that the attentions which were bestowed upon him were for the purpose of learning whether he had been injured or not. "'Don't worry, Mr. Stubbs,' said Toby, anxious to reassure his friend, as he sat upright and looked about him. "'I didn't get hurt any, but I would like to know how I got way over here.' It really seemed as if the monkey was pleased to know that his little friend was not hurt, for he seated himself on his haunches, and his face expressed the liveliest pleasure that Toby was well again. Or at least that was how the boy interpreted the look. By this time, the news of the accident had been shouted ahead from one team to the other, and all hands were scurrying to the scene for the purposes of rendering aid. As Toby saw them coming, he also saw a number of small forms, looking something like diminutive men hurrying past him, and for the first time he understood how it was that the aged monkey was at liberty, and knew that those little dusky forms were the other occupants of the cage escaping to the woods. "'See there, Mr. Stubbs, see there!' he exclaimed, pointing towards the fugitives. "'They're all going off into the woods. What shall we do?' The sight of the runaways seemed to excite the old monkey quite as much as it did the boy. He sprang to his feet chattering in the most excited way, screamed two or three times as if he were calling them back and then started off in vigorous pursuit. Now he's gone too, said Toby disconsolately, believing the old fellow had run away from him. I didn't think Mr Stubbs would treat me this way. End of chapter 7